listening to Fitzy and Hart on Boston Sports Original, WEI. Yes, Bill Belichick did decide to draft Mac Jones. It was not Robert Kraft saying to Bill Belichick, we need a quarterback and we need one now and there's one left who looks like he could be a first-round caliber kind of player and so you need to take him. No, that didn't happen. You probably remember the video that was published that night by the team where Bill Belichick huddles up. Dave Ziegler, who was the director of player personnel at that point in time, Elliot Wolf, Mac Rowe. You okay with this? Are we okay with this? Are we okay with this? Then he doubles back and he goes to Mac Rowe. Matt, Mac Rowe, because Matt Patricia was also in the room. Mac <laughs> Rowe, are you okay with this? And he looks up from his laptop and sort of nods in Bill's direction. Why is he asking me this? There were, there were a lot of people that were involved in Bill Belichick's ultimate decision there and a lot of people he consulted but Robert Kraft wasn't one of them Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston there dispelling one of the many rumors of recent year in Patriots Nation that Patriots majority owner Ryan President Robert Kraft was involved or heavy handedly influenced the drafting of Michael McCorkle, Mac Jones, as Patriots quarterback with the 15th pick overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. They now, it was uh, announced by Phil there, or reported that it was indeed a group decision led by, of course, the ultimate director of personnel at the time, Patriots former, God, it feels weird, former Patriots coach, Bill Belichick as well. Andy, do you buy into that as well? Do you, do you believe the entirety and the lump sum of that, that, that was everyone's decision led by Belichick and not influenced by ownership? Absolutely. I've never bought Same. that Robert Kraft drafted Mac Jones. I never bought that. Do you, now, but do you think that he sort of like leaned on him and may have said, Bill? I think you know, he said, we need a quarterback. It's on obvious. We need thing. a quarterback. Yeah. Get me a quarterback. I think there was pressure to get a quarterback. I don't think there was pressure to get Mac Jones. Now, okay. did did Ro- did Bill cave to that? Would he not have? If Robert hadn't been saying, we need a quarterback, we need a quarterback, we need a quarterback. Would he have not drafted Mac Jones? I have no idea. And if that's maybe the sort of the gray area, the loophole that people are, are going for, maybe. But I think a lot of people believe that Robert flat out said at that time, Mac Jones is on the board. We need a quarterback. You're taking Mac Jones. I do not believe that to be the case. I do think Robert did like Mac once he got here and once he saw the rookie season and may have... Um, voiced that more than he should. Remember the whole, I'm a fan of our quarterback, and I think we have a franchise quarterback, and I think there may have been a little premature public uh, patting on the back from Robert, Mm -hmm. but I don't think Robert drafted Mac. And I thought Robert said this week in his Q&A with the media, now some people won't believe him, because right now, if you notice, the tide has turned on Robert Kraft. Boy, are people Uh, Robert and Jonathan are not having a moment with the fans, if you will. Toxic. And this is the guy that bought the team, prevented him from leaving, helped build the stadium. Yes. He's given he, us so much. Six and Super cares. Bowls. And cares. I don't cares, know if he's cares good. cares to a great degree. He tells us May, he's a shepherd or a steward. He's a fan first. I, he may care too it. much, but he cares, unlike John Henry, who doesn't give a rat's ass and does, does nothing to no. placate us fans. John um, Henry's not worried about anything, let alone trying to go to the Hall of Fame. Let me ask you, Andy, before you get this thought out and then we get back to the calls, do you agree with those that are saying a lot of the decisions that are being made now by Robert Kraft at the head of this brain trust, the the gridiron group think, if you will, are being made, are they being made in the best interest of the football team or are some of them being made with his eyes on another one of his, perhaps his final prize, which would be getting into the Hall of Fame? 
I think the best interest of the football team. I know a lot of now. Are there things being done? Like I know Wickersham wrote something about the Apple TV special being a puff piece for Robert Kraft, basically, and I've heard that. I mean, the Dynasty book was. Jeff Benedict was in business with the Kraft family. I'm sorry when you have when you're doing he was a breakdown given access by the owner. Yeah, but more importantly than that, there was a book signing at the pro shop. When you're in bed with the the team, obviously it's not quite the expose that you know you want people to believe it is. So. Um, do I think Robert wants to be in the hall? Yes. Do I think he does things to try to conjure up support to get in the hall? Yes. Right now, I think he's doing what he th- I think he passionately wants to get back to the playoffs and win playoff games again. I think when he says that, he's being honest. Um, but what he noted was, since Bill Belichick took over full control of the Patriots after the third Super Bowl, every decision in terms of draft picks, money, whatever, he had the final say, and I believe him. Yeah, um, well, we'll have a chance to speak with Jeff Benedict coming up as the Apple Plus TV series, The Dynasty, premieres February 16th. And, oh, my gosh, could that be any better timed right now, given everything that's going Glory on? Glory days. I mean, my God, <laughs> it, you just can't. There was part of me even that thought, like, hold on a second. Did Apple did Apple TV Plus just go to Kraft and Belichick and go, like, guys, we, we spent a lot of money and time on this. We really want it to be a hit. Here's fifty million bucks. Break up this week. It's a viral stunt. <laughs> I think this happened organically over the last couple of years. I'm pretty sure it has. It's tough, to, as Robert said, tough to keep all those great minds in the same room on the same page. And that maybe the greatest thing he has accomplished, aside from saving the team from relocating, was actually keeping those brilliant, um, successful, progressive, and sometimes obnoxious minds together working on the same page for as long as possible uh we'll get to the seth wickersham piece a little later in the show mike do from patriots unfiltered joins us momentarily but now it's back to you at 617-779-7937 ted is in middleton what's up ted thank you for taking my call gentlemen you betcha how you doing all right who are okay. i don't know which who you're calling gentlemen but we'll go on none here well we'll use that term loosely then you know, <laughs> thank, but... you. thank you thank <laughs> you well thanks guys for taking it Okay, um, two couple of things. Yeah, I think we got to be, you know, positive about mail. I like the fact that, uh, you know, Robert. Remember, Robert, that other caller, Robert wanted to retain mail, keep him in the fold, right? So, you know, he was loyal. He showed something rare, a rare quality these days, loyalty. And so, yeah, he's hit this thirty-eight-year-old coach who you said he was intelligent, played with the Patriots, has seen things. He's going to reevaluate things. Yeah, you can have a collaborative approach after coming off Bill's success or or last few years' failures, or, you know, not not being necessarily, we heard all the media say, Bill isn't uh, the man for the job now, right before this uh, parting ways, mutually parting ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you have to collect the information, different levels, top players, you know, best players like they do, uh, the Celtics get their point of view, get other people's player point of view then. Yeah, Gerard will have to take, pull back, I hope they'll let him have the reins, Jonathan and Robert will have the reins, and then uh, hopefully get a decent GM. Yeah, that is a concern, uh, as the callers and yourselves have uh, mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to, you know, don't, don't we have to be a little bit positive with this? We complain, complain, complain for years now about Bill's demise. What are you doing, Bill? What are you doing hiring Judge and, you know, uh, Matt Patricia playing offensive coordinator, right? I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that's a very fair point, Ted. Uh, I, I appreciate that. And, yes, I do want to try to remain positive. I think Andy and I both. While Andy said it could either be HOF or DOA for Gerard Mayo when he takes over now, you know, wondering how much power he's going to have. Will he be able to operate with the freedom to think, with the autonomy necessary for a head coach in the NFL to succeed now, especially given the circumstances surrounding the Patriots? Is he going to just, I mean, 
Did they sign him up because they thought he would? I doubt they signed him up last year, Andy. And Robert Kraft pursued him to the degree he did because he thought he would be an intelligent and willing puppet. I mean, I, I can't imagine that's the case. So I want the, the things on Mayo um, to maybe defend the way they've handled it the last year plus. I want to make two points. First would be Robert made it quite clear that he immediately regretted not hiring Bill Belichick to replace Bill Parcells in, in 1996. 1996. Yes. So I yep. think he learned from that. And he said, my gut told me to go with Belichick, but everybody said, nope, you got a clean house. You got to distance yourselves from the parcells tree and i went with pete carroll and i immediately regretted it i don't know how immediate because as i went over the other night on the rich keith show they started out four and oh under carroll and they were blowing teams out and riding high and everybody was pumped and jacked so later that season maybe he started to regret it anyway the second would be all i heard from um chris scheim and others when they drafted uh mac jones at 15 was you just sat and took whoever fell in your lap you weren't aggressive if you had wanted him you would have traded up to get him you didn't really care now they target gerard mayo a year early as their next head coach this is the chosen one right and and we're going to rip that well which is it do you want them to be aggressive be confident make decisions in that way or do you want them to sit back and let mike rabel fall into your lap I think they deserve some um, credit or whatever you want to call it for anointing Gerard Mayo. Now, they got to be right. It's got to work, you know, and I feel like the deck is stacked against him. But they made a move that I think um, should embolden the trust in Gerard Mayo when they made him not only the heir to a coach, the heir to the greatest coach of all time. And I think that needs to be um, maybe reminded and, and seen as a positive right now. Yes, uh, with that, I certainly can concur. Uh, one more time, I think we have room for just one more quick call before we catch up on news with trending commercials. And then, of course, Mike Dussault joins us from Patriots.com momentarily. Our guy, old Danny in Cranston. What's up, Danny? Oh, I didn't think I'd make it. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you, buddy? <clears throat> Fitz, will you be watching the dynasty with your pants on or off? Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, t- uh, NBA tearaways, Danny. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm up against it, so I'll make it quick. Uh, Andy, everything you said about Kraft is is right. Um, I I will always hold it against him, though, that he ran Parcells out of town, which is you can't argue that, obviously. And you know, he probably should have hired uh, Belichick right after that. Uh, I just, but the, on that line of thinking, it doesn't it seem like it's becoming obvious that uh, this is pretty much going to stay the status quo moving forward with everybody in place for the most part, uh, except for Belichick leaving. Yes. Because it's, I, I heard a thing earlier saying that they're a GM maybe after the draft. Yep. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, to me that's kind of scary because I think that, you know, as much as Bill thought it was all about his way and his system and everything, now I'm kind of feeling that Kraft is kind of along the same way, the Patriot way, the way they do things is fine. We just had to get the the snake off the top of the head. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, I don't know, that just just keeping things the way they are right now makes me kind of nervous. I'm not saying it won't get better, but I just think I, I was always a tear down, fresh, fresh perspective, mm-hmm. and I just don't know how much you can change things with pretty much everything the way they are. That's it. Have a good weekend, guys. Take care. That's a, Thanks, Dan, Dan. That's a, that is a great point. It's a great question, and it's one that we – need to continue to bat around and you know consider like how if you know that there if you know things were a mess and you know the previous coach was struggling 
and the message seemed to be a little stale, and you had a disconnect between coach and ownership. How 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 much better? How much fresher? How different can things get when you bring in somebody that was actually part of that coaching staff, and you associate him, or rather force him, or encourage him, whatever the case may be, to work with a bunch of people that were around with the previous coach? Like it doesn't feel like I don't know how to quite describe it. I did you think this team needed a gut Reno, Andy? Or I mean, because this this sounds like a barely I don't like know. a live in Reno. I, I the thing I hate. I don't think it's an impossibility that Gerard Mayo is a good coach and mm-hmm. that somebody in personnel is really good at personnel and Same. both were being held down by Bill Belichick being here. Like there was okay. a natural grumpy elephant cloud in the room that was ho- like, you can sell me on that. You're not selling me on anything because now I'm hearing that Elliot Wolf and Mac. No, no, no. I need you to say Gerard Mayo is the 15th head coach of the Patriots and Elliot Wolf is the general manager. We believe these two young minds are the guys to take us to the next great era of New England football. But if you're just kind of keeping everybody around and vague roles and vague jobs and nobody's quite, nope, I hate that. I hate it. Embolden somebody. Empower somebody to make personnel decisions. Maybe they'll do that. Uh, you know, I don't want to rip them for something. There's still time, but... If they don't announce a GM and they don't embolden somebody and empower somebody, I think this is a mess waiting to happen. I co-sign on that one as well. Uh, there's obviously cause for concern right now. Uh, we'll get to a little bit more of what's gone on inside the building and speak to one of our long-tenured Patriots pals, Mike Dussault from Patriots.com, in just a few moments here at 617-779-7937. But first, let's catch you up on everything. And there have been some uh, manipulations and maneuverings with some of this weekend's super wildcard playoff games. Let's get it all from our guy, Joe Braverman. We'll have an automatic connection is what he's what he's talking about. He's real. He's real with that. He'll have all the automatic connection. And all the guys in New England will know him. But And he still must put his stamp on this team. And, and, and I'm saying, similar to what you're saying in this sense, Go find you Go find. a different offense. Yes. Mm. Go find you. Because lose it. And now, that old Patriot way, obviously, I believe, has gotten stale. When Tom Brady left and said, there's 20 years and I having fun, and, and you see other people locker room. Now, Dion has a club in his locker room. These people are saying, wait a minute. Can we have some fun around here to play football? You know what I mean? So true. Gerard yes. Mayo has to be smart that enough. True. Let's loosen up around here. I agree. Let's get back That's to having again, some fun again, and put his stamp yeah. on it. Super Bowl champion and Hall of Famer Michael Irvin on his belief uh, in Gerard Mayo and what he'll be able to do as head coach and what the Patriots will need to do for him as well. Will they give him the freedom, the latitude, the ability to make his own decisions, the ability to take his own guys, and the ability to get into that locker room and say, hey guys, it's time to do things a little differently right now. We shall see in the coming days, weeks, months, and hopefully seasons to come down in Foxborough. Speaking of people joining us from Foxborough, right now on the Harbor One Hotline, a, a not just good friend, a great friend of the program. He is the man who ascended to the throne of heart and has done so so admirably when Andy left Patriots.com and joined us here at WEEI. My old uh, Facebook Live and broadcast pal, an original Patriots pal, the keeper of the torch, the man who has uh, maintained the hoodie database for years for Bill Belichick, which must have made this an especially bittersweet week. Of course, it is from Patriots.com and Patriots Unfiltered. Our guy, Mike Dusso joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. 
Deuce, we knew this was coming this week, obviously for a long time. You and I even discussed it last week when we were hanging out uh, in the snow before what we believed to be Belichick's last game. But even if you saw it coming, like my first tweet about it was, like with many great moments in life, the the good, the bad, the sad, and, and, and then some, if you think you're prepared, you're just never ready. No, you nailed it. I mean, it was totally surreal. Uh, I think we all kind of woke up on that on that morning, and you got the notification. And even when you had a sense that it was all kind of pointed towards this and leading to this, uh, it still didn't make it any more easy to kind of process it. I think everybody around the whole building just seemed, you know, kind of numb. I think it was the word Perillo used. Um, but, you know, quickly they turned the page Friday, so it's uh, it's almost like you don't really have that much of a chance to, you know, kind of – Embrace what Belichick did, the good things. I mean, I think at the end of the run, everybody kind of took a moment, especially when he spoke, to you know acknowledge him when he's you know at his best, like he was when the induction ceremony with Skarnekia, and you know a little bit there in the press conference. So, Mike, um, I agree with you. We need to honor Bill Belichick, but it's also the NFL. It's not for long. It's moving on. It's Gerard Mayo's the head coach. Um, I have concerns about the way the situation Gerard Mayo is entering. Uh, I used the term earlier, dead on arrival. Uh, the sent, the public sentiment against Gerard Mayo, I find um, somewhat surprising, somewhat alarming. Um, and so what do you think of the situation that Gerard Mayo is inheriting both internally, but also, also externally in the post-Belichick era? Yeah, well, I mean, I think what we're realizing is that it was always easy when you could just blame Bill for everything and kind of look to him for every decision that was made and and now you realize that's not going to happen. And, you know, I know we're getting various reports about how things are going to be divided up, not going to, you know, I guess hire a GM and, you know, let the young guys kind of run this one out. Um, you know, I think on our show, we always kind of deferred to blame Bill. If you want to blame somebody for the drafts being bad, blame Bill Belichick. And, um, you know, now I guess we'll really find out you know, how much say Elliot Wolf, Matt Groh, what what their true vision of this team is. And I think as, uh, you know, as, as Michael Irvin said at the top, like, you know, the most interesting thing to me now is what kind of offensive coordinator are they, you know, is, is it going to remain Bill O'Brien? I mean, I know it seems like certain people are sticking around, but I think for me the big question mark now is what happens on offense and, you know, how does Mayo put his stamp on the team? I love that he's such a good, you know, continuation of the defense. I don't think anybody had a problem with the defense. And as you've seen from the reaction of the players, they, they all love him. I mean, you know, personally speaking, talking to him, you know, multiple times, he's, you know, easy to engage with. And I mean, I think that there's, you know, certainly a tone change as far as that is. But, um, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. And, and like Mike Olver said, what kind of stamp he can put on this team and, and how much he's able to. Mike Dussault from Patriots.com and Patriots Unfiltered, great friend of the show and mine and heart, joins us here on the Harbor One Hotline to talk the latest and what a wild week it was with the Patriots. Um, yeah, I, that was going to be my next question, Deuce. Like, obviously, you get a certain amount of access to different coaches, players, personnel, et cetera. When you're down there working for the team, putting together your pieces and more, but you know, had you gotten, have you ever gotten the same kind of vibes or spoken to people who shared their sentiments in a positive capacity? And I don't think just for the sake of the organization and for flying Elvis this week about Gerard Mayo. Like I put together a piece yesterday, quickly just gleaning from social media, all the current and former players who spoke out positively for Gerard Mayo. You had mostly heard or experienced like big voice bright mind leader of men individual thinker and not just like here comes the latest limb on the belichick coaching tree 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd point to uh, Evan Lazar, you know, towards the end of the season, he went around to a lot of the guys in the locker room and, you know, was just asking them generally what they thought. So he had, you know, we were able to, it was kind of fortuitous how it worked out. He had just kind of compiled all these quotes and, you know, we were able to use them on Friday when in his analysis piece. But, yeah, the same thing. I mean, it's just, I, I think it was, uh, you know, sometimes he delivers the, uh, you know, I can't tell you that, but he, he does it with a smile and he, <laughs> he makes you feel, uh, you know, not quite quite like you're being uh, blocked from, from anything too serious. But, um, no, I, I've enjoyed it the time. But, look, I mean, we all know that it's, uh, it, it's a tough job trying to get all these guys to play together. And, you know, he's, uh, he's certainly going to be in the shadow of Bill Belichick a little bit, no matter how you slice it up. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a sizable challenge, but I think he's an easy guy to root for. Um, and, you know, I think we'll see this spring – how things kind of play out and, and really what kind of approach they take in free agency and, and with all the draft capital that they have. As that spring plays out, you have the number three pick in the draft, could be a quarterback, doesn't have to be, could be traded, whatever. And you have, I think it's going to end up being north of $85 million in salary cap space. Massive wow. offseason. That's a lot who of money. Ha- yep. Who has the final say this offseason, whether it's free agency and, or the draft? I mean, I think that's that's a great question. That's a million dollar question. I mean, thank you, it, uh, thank you, you know, thank it, you. Great it, question, Andy. Is it is it you know Elliot Wolf running the show in free agency and Macro running the show in the draft? Um, you know, ultimately, I think it always you know has to go through ownership a little bit. So we know that you know that's part of it as well. So it's it's a great question, Andy. I mean, I've always been you know I come from uh, from from my experience in television. You know, the, my favorite TV shows, the TV shows that I always thought were run best were you know one person kind of making all the decisions for better or worse. Yep. I just think it's really hard to find those people, and it's uh, you know risky to invest in one like you know they did with, with Bill Belichick initially. Or um, so it's it's tough to to realize you know too many cooks. That's what you're worried about is you know who's going to be able to kind of craft a vision, and you know you hope um, that Gerard Mayo and everything that he's been learning in his football mind uh, will play a big part in it. But you know, kind of echo the earlier point, like let's really see what Elliot Wolf and Macro envision for this team. I mean, I, it feels like. At the very least, they have an audition for, for these jobs, and uh, you know they might stay on after the draft too. So uh, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's just completely uh, everything's been turned on its head uh, in the last forty eight hours, and I think we're all kind of trying to adjust on what, what this looks like now. Was was that an Easter egg I heard you drop? Did I hear you say, "Let's see who can craft a vision"? And does that imply <laughs> Ooh. Jonathan Craft has taken on a bigger role? <laughs> Ooh, Andy, you. I'm not a man, but uh, <laughs> but no, I I I I I'm I'm fascinated to see you know how it all plays out. But I mean, I think the bottom line is rooting for Gerard Mayo, good guy. Um, he's got a sizable job, and I mean, you mentioned the draft and all those things. I mean, I think it's not really a a, a question of what this team needs. So uh, I think no matter who's kind of running the show, I think everybody can be on the same page. Like they need to find a quarterback, they need to build an offense, uh, they need to have better weapons, they need to protect this guy. So there's a lot of work to be done on that side of the ball. And at least we can take some confidence that Gerard Mayo is at the very least going to lock down the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Deuce. Now, see, Andy earlier in the show was saying that he is, and understandably so, far more concerned with and compelled by who's going to be the next general manager, if there's going to be a general manager, or if it's going to basically be some sort of, you know, uh, Silicon Valley groupthink of people from ownership to management, <clears throat> pro player personnel and beyond. Hate it. Yeah, and Andy, I'm going to just tell you real quick, you don't even have to bother opening up the Twix platform. I'll tell you right now, based on Phil Perry's tweet earlier today, there ain't a single person that has lived, eaten, breathed, slept, loves, roots for, watches, and talks Patriots that's a fan of the plan as well, if that's the case. So that's uh, that's that. we'll chalk that one up to not great, Bob. That's a not great, Bob moment right there as well. But 
I want to. I'm too compelled by exactly what kind of offense and defense Gerard Mayo is going to run. If he's going to, how heavily we think he's going to be involved in the defense, the same way that Bill obviously was in having his son and Gerard Mayo be so involved in the defense the last couple of years. I know Bill had tried to get himself involved in and inserted into the offense, but to uh, diminishing degrees of success the last couple of years. I mean, do we have any idea if it's going to be if if it's going to be like an old pal? Uh, are we going to be running the same yeah. offense? Do we think that uh, that Gerard Mayo, because he's been we've been told he is a bright forward thinking mind, is he going to maybe introduce something we haven't seen around here for the last twenty five thirty years? Yeah, I mean that's that's I think what I'm most interested to see at this point is what direction are they going to take for the offense? And I mean having. Um, you know, maybe a chance to draft Jaden Daniels if, you know, if you wanted to make kind of that Baltimore-esque shift to that kind of offense, I mean, you kind of have an opportunity to do it. Uh, so, you know, that would maybe be a little bit of an extreme example. But, uh, you know, again, I think it just depends on who do they bring in on the offensive side of the ball? What is their vision? Is it, you know, a, a quick passing, uh, you know, cerebral quarterback kind of thing that was what Belichick seemed to favor? Um, you know, and this just highlights, I think, some of the, you know, potential weaknesses for Gerard Mayo and that he ha- doesn't have a lot of diverse experience. And, you know, you can only really connect him with, with two offensive coordinators, I guess three if you want to count Matt Patricia. Um, you know, so he doesn't have a lot of, of connection with those guys. So um, it, it's really tough to, to predict how it's going to go. Part of, you know, if they had had Vrabel, you knew that there were a lot of different options that, you know, could potentially come with him that he's worked with. Um, so that's that to me is the most interesting next step. It seems like the front offense is going to, Kind of stay how it is. It is what it is. But we'll see what happens on the offensive side of the ball. That, that's what I'm most curious about next. If if there is a lot of status quo, coaching staff, front office, could that include the quarterback position? Do you see – I know Bailey Zappi I thought was admirable in his comments to end the year. He certainly seems like he feels like he deserves a shot at competing for the job next year. But um, could we see Bailey Zappi back next year as a bridge quarterback – do you think there's any shot in Hades that Mac Jones is back, or are we going to see a totally new depth chart next year? Yeah, I, again, another great one, Andy. I mean, I think, you know, if Belichick was going to stay, it kind of seemed like Max ship him off, let him get a fresh start somewhere. It felt like he, he kind of deserved that. Um, but what direction does Gerard Mayo go, and does he, you know, want to give Mac a chance again? And, and you know, I mean, I, look, I, I feel like you should draft a quarterback every single year. I mean, it's just it's good business to develop and retain quarterbacks as much as possible. So, yep. you know, to try to just say let's throw him away, it's, it's you know, I, I think he's a good kid, and I mean, I still think, I mean, everybody, you know, you see plenty of reports going around the Twix, like, oh, you know, they people still think that he's an, you know, a good solid quarterback that can play in the NFL. I think, you know, as Bill said. So that that adds another layer of intrigue to me. I mean, I think at the very least, though, you still have to bring in you know a veteran that you know can push Zappy for a backup job, and you know they've got to get they've got to land one in the draft, the first you know round or two at, at tops. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way, just while we've been having this conversation, once again, uh, we're pleased to be joined by our guy Mike Dussault from Patriots.com on the Harbor One Hotline here on today's Fitzy and Hart program with the Six Rings guys. Uh, <clears throat> just as we've been talking, Andy. Uh, Jeff Howe just tweeted, twixt, if you will. Uh, Patriots head coach Gerard Mayo has been reaching out to candidates <clears throat> in an executive in general and a GM capacity for a couple of days. He's been busy since taking over. That seems like now mm-hmm. we, we all can't help but wonder, like, hmm, is this true? Uh, which it could be. Two things can be true at once. Or is this also like ownership and management sort of like took the temperature of Patriots Nation and was like, 
Yeah, people don't seem too thrilled about this. All right, someone leak something to how and let them tell everybody that Mayo's already been busy talking to different people. You know, like two things can be true at once. <laughs> well, I don't know who he was talking to, but like, I would hope he's been busy. Like, I don't know. I think it'd be worse to hear he hasn't been doing anything. So I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm sure he's... Where's he been? You know, well, I went to I'm see sure Wonka, been... then he went to the Bruins game. Like, Fortnite. oh, we need you. Get to work. <laughs> he's just doing nothing. Um, but I think, you know, look, at the very least, he's going to be reaching out to, like, coaches on the staff, seeing who right. wants to stay or who can stay or who's not staying. Um, oh, good point. You know, he reach, I mean, I, you know, these are, you know, things I, I, I don't know. I mean, I... I I assume that Gerard Mayo just jumped in over his head in the deep end of the pool right now and is trying to figure out how he's going to rebuild the whole program. There's just, you know, so much that goes into it. Um, you know, I think that's a, a fair question as well. Just a guy who, you know, obviously he, he, I don't know, people love to say he spent like a year at Fidelity or something, but, um, right. you know, whatever experience he got there, like, you know, I'm sure it was helpful, but, you know, look, he's got to build an organization again, a philosophy, um, you know, stuff all the way down to what pictures stay on the wall. You know, like all that stuff has to go. So uh, I, I'm sure he's got got quite a few phone calls to make in the coming days. Yeah, uh, Andy, we are up against it. I could keep Deuce on all day long as well, but uh, unfortunately we have to we got to pay some bills here momentarily. So, uh, Deuce, I'll get you out on this one. If you, because for all we know, you could be the next assistant general manager of the New England Patriots. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I'll give Which you a is an Oprah show. You get a football team to run. You get a football team. <laughs> you to get run. a personnel department. You get a draft to run. Exactly. My favorite. I told you, Deuce. My favorite comment thus far still has been the fan that stopped me on the way into the stadium a few weeks ago and said, "Can somebody just please tell whoever's picking the players to hit Yahoo Auto Draft and just take best available for the next couple of years? Like that's all we need." But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, let me ask you this. If Mike Dussault was picking coordinators, is there any one guy on either side of the ball? Like, I would be fine with DeMarcus Covington sticking around, a bright young defensive mind who's obviously been around Mayo for a while. That'd be great. Anyone you have in mind? And since you also kept the hoodie database, we haven't really spoken of Bill Belichick, obviously, today, much on the show and with you. Uh, what ultimately was the winningest hoodie after you kept the Bill Belichick hoodie <laughs> database all those years? <laughs> Great questions, and I, I got to say, Andy would have a vote for me uh, for GM because I know he'd bring back the fullback, and I'd be uh, I'd be Damn all right that one. So uh, if I got a vote, I'd, I'd have what that a one. Um, love that you brought up. <laughs> love that you brought up Demarcus Covington. I mean, another guy who I've you know enjoyed getting to talk to a little bit over the years, and uh, I, I just I think he's you know was down at the Senior Bowl last year. He's been mm-hmm. you know around a lot. He's really been being groomed uh, to grow in his coaching capacity. So. Uh, you know, who knows what, what's going to happen with Steve Belichick. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that he's probably going to go coach with Bill, but um, I think DeMarcus Covington be an outstanding choice. Uh, offensively, I, I'm at a loss, though. So, uh, we'll have to see. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the, 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 the most famous hoodie, the, um, you know, the gray one with the cutoff, um, was surpassed by the hot jacket, which, you know, was kind of like a hot weather thing that he wore basically for the end of his career. Um, so that, that's a little bit the, the most insightful piece of knowledge, though, of course, from the hoodie database was that he lost every Super Bowl. He cut the sleeves off. So if he wore a sweatshirt with sleeves still intact, they were good. They won. Uh, but if he's wearing a hoodie with the sleeves cut, they lost. So I, I didn't figure that out to the very end. Uh, so I apologize for that. You know, as keeper of the hoodie database, I, wow. I failed the, the Patriots fandom there. But um, but it is there. And I, I guess Paul Perillo's, uh, you know, alma mater, BU, is going to be apparently teaching a, a section in a, in a statistics class this year with the hoodie database. Wow. that's What a tribute to all the work you put in before your time with the Patriots. And as you continue the great work, Deuce, on Patriots Unfiltered, Patriots.com and more, which is where you can find him. You can also follow him at Mike MikeDusso19. 
where they will be cutting the sleeves off of their hoodies next. Will it be Philadelphia, Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, Los Angeles? We'll keep an eye on that as well, Deuce, and we'll have you back on to discuss that whenever Belichick makes his next move and more. Holler at us anytime, buddy, and thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes on the Harbor One Hotline. Enjoy the football. Stay warm, and uh, we'll talk soon, guy. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you. You too, buddy. Mike Dusso from Patriots.com joining the Fitzy and Hart program today. 617-779-7937 to get you guys back in the fold as well. Dave, AJ, Rick, we'll get to you guys as well. And, Andy, it's long overdue. We need to discuss the elements of the Seth Wickersham piece from ESPN.com that was presented yesterday uh, without much filter. It was not exactly the best look for any and all parties involved. But then again, when it comes to breakups, a lot of times the details which is where the devils are, are not exactly too glorious as well. We'll do that. We'll give you our wild card weekend picks. We're with you till three. It's Fitzy and Hart on EEI. Ten minutes to two on a weird weather weekend here, uh, the second weekend of 2024. It was a mess last night. It's gonna, the weather's going to continue to be wonky all day. You get a storm, then it gets warm. Now it's windy and it's cold. I get it. And the weather all over the place is bananas, Andy. You're looking at actual temperatures of minus 5 tonight in Kansas City with a wind chill and real feel of minus 30. Sounds like a great time to not only attend but play a high-leverage professional playoff football game as well. In Kansas City, there's been a lot of hand-wringing and drum-thumping over like, well, if you're going to move the Buffalo game to Monday at 430 why don't you cancel tonight's game and put that in a dome or put it somewhere else? I mean, at a certain point, what is the NFL supposed to do? I mean, whether Buffalo's crazy, Kansas City's crazy, the Northeast is crazy, Chicago got a foot of snow yesterday, like everywhere, it's bananas right now. What is the what is the NFL supposed to do with all these games? Play on, playa. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'd be playing. I'd be playing both games. Um, this is why I love football, because you generally play. You don't flop like soccer players and some of the other soft sports, baseball players. You play. You figure out a way. It's why Bill Belichick practices outside. I know we're not supposed to talk about Bill Belichick anymore. He gone. Shame. But, you know, he believed in, we don't really need that dome thing over there. We're going to practice because we might have to play in it when we get to, well, the dream of getting back to January. Um, I, I don't, I know Buffalo is using public safety. I think they're some of the hardiest people on the planet and some of the dumbest, by the way, the things they do in their tailgates. So <laughs> I was going to say, like, like, there's that what? video that's gone viral right now of like mayor, uh, excuse me, governor of New York says we have to move the game for the safety of Bill's fans. Meanwhile, Bill's fans light themselves on fire and jump 20 feet down into a Costco folding table. I'm a hardo. You know that I'm a hardo. I like I love weather games. Now, are they fair? Do they change things? The Dolphins going to Kansas City, you know, the soft South Florida team going to the minus 30. Well, that's the reality of the game. If you want to be great, you got to win, or you should have done better in the regular season so that you could have played in Miami. I really do think it's unfortunate that they moved that Bills game. Um, this is why we shov- love football. <laughs> they had shovelers, like they, in case people didn't hear. Yeah, 20 bucks. They had- and I understand you have to, you have to obviously you have to consider vehicular safety, public safety, infrastructure, transport, all the stuff that goes into it. It's obviously not just about the experience in the stadium. It's about getting your workers to and from there. Obviously, it's a usually well lubricated and mildly served, <clears throat> to put it lightly, uh, audience, if you will, and attendees at Buffalo games. So it would probably be an absolute mess there. I understand that. It's just a shame that they aren't able to play it. And think about this as well, Andy. Before we jump back to the calls. How about if you, this is just one of the many elements to consider, folks, 
But imagine if you, perhaps, had uh, put a little action, a gentleman's wager, uh, had risked some money in a betting capacity on the game, full well thinking it was going to be played tomorrow at the tail end of a snowstorm with Lake Effect Buffalo action, and now they move it to Monday when the conditions will be different. Do you get a refund? Do you have to replace your wagers? How does that work? Uh, I don't know. That's a great question, Fitzy, because I do have some interest in that game, I believe. I'm going to go check my fan Are you app, one of those people? I believe I am. I made a number of bets, and you're damn right I was making bets and parlays and touchdown scores and various decisions based on the weather because you're supposed to just play the game. We're football players. We're not anybody else. We're supposed to be tougher than the rest. Exactly. Old Hardy Hardo himself there. Um, I was looking forward to watching it, but then again, the fact that we have three days, two games, as some are now calling well, now, it. Yeah, but, now it spaces out. Two tonight, two tomorrow, and mm-hmm. two on Monday. It's super-duper-duper wildcard weekend now because you get three days with two games, like you said, Joe. Sounds fun to me as well, but we'll see how it goes, and we'll get to uh, the rest of the games in just a few minutes as well. I'm very excited for them. I know most of you are as well, and with the lousy weather in the area and across the country, it's a perfect time. Light the fire, crack some beverages, enjoy your foods, and let's watch football. That's what we do well. Back to the phones we go real quick. Hey, it's uh, AJ in Dova. How are you, AJ? I just wish the plow guy would actually plow and maybe notify us of our cars so we just plow the whole thing. Me too. The damn plow guy. Plow guy. That name I mean, again is just Mr. Plow. plow. AJ, plow you there? Guy. Just plow. Ah, oh, man. He's not happy really, about the plow guy. I was rooting for something really inappropriate to be said there. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy to... Happy I to hear was. about the plow guy. AJ, if you uh if you're still listening somewhere or someone says AJ, you knucklehead, they took you they took your call and you missed it. Call back, we'll get you. Dave's in Warwick. What's up, Dave? Hey Fitz, I'll make it quick. Thank uh, you. Christian Fourier just summed it up perfectly. You got Vrabel right there. He can come in, rebuild this. Like he said, Mayo in ten years, maybe Mayo will, will reach Vrabel's potential. Kraft is not comfortable with having anybody from the outside coming in. It's gonna be all recycled garbage and they're not gonna gain anywhere. I, and, I, and I like Mayo. I, listen, I like Mayo as I like Mayo as well, Dave. And I can understand why people would want the organization to, you know, like, oh, you guys identified your candidate. All right, can you at least put on a little bit of a dog and pony show for us? I mean, also, can you wait? I mean, the po- like we talked about with Mike Dusso, the podium hadn't even gone cold yet. And next thing you know, you've already got a coach in place after your coach of a quarter century who took you to nine Super Bowls and won six has been parted ways from it. Just. It all felt a little quick, huh? But if you have a plan and you're going to stick to the plan and you're assured of your plan and you're confident in your plan, stick to the plan. I I, I mean, I I do think there should be at least um, room to allow for they are so confident in Gerard Gerard Mayo that they didn't need to be convinced again or, or seek other people. It's like, you know, when you when you're when you decide it's time to propose, you're sure you're all in. You're invested. Yeah, we both want reward, but there is high, high risk in such a concept as well, obviously. Uh, and you you did bring up that point that I think some po- folks may have missed out on. The idea that Robert Kraft still remembers missing out early on Bill Belichick and getting lucky yep. that he was able to convince him to uncouple or resign as HC of the NYJ and, and take the job with the Patriots and trade for him back in 2000. That he re- you know remembers very well like... 
All right, I remember when I missed out on Belichick. I got lucky on that one. I should have hired him. This time I have to trust my gut. And maybe he'll be rewarded for it. Maybe we'll all be rewarded for it. Mayo will be D'Amico Ryans and then some, or maybe his own man who's super successful. But like we talked about before, there's an awful lot of people that he's going to have to surround himself with to, to, to reach that level of success. Because as we've seen, the NFL game, the modern game of football, is only more complicated by the day. Uh, last call as we wrap up hour two. Vince, all the way down in Wellington, Florida. What's up, Vince? Hey, guys. Uh, you know, it, it bothered me to hear that they're looking to keep the guys inside to uh, not get a GM. This is insane because the whole last four drafts have been pathetic, and we need the GM that can really – since May is a defensive coach to get the offense, uh, the offensive side of the ball in a great territory and rebuild that side. And secondly, I love the idea of getting Josh McDaniels back as OC and maybe Bill O'Brien can be the quarterback's coach. What do you think of that? One more, one more time on that last one, Vince. Oh, he dropped, but he said he wants Josh McDaniels to be the OC and Bill O'Brien to be the quarterback's coach. No chance Bill O'Brien sticks around just to be a quarterback's coach after having been offensive coordinator last year as well. He'll probably look for either another job in the NFL or <clears throat> I don't think Bill O'Brien sticks around uh, and maybe in the college ranks as well. And Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you think that Josh McDaniels, if he's going to go back and uh, take another offensive coordinator gig, he's not going to play third times the charm with the Patriots. He's going to maybe follow Belichick someplace. Uh, yes, I think that would be the most likely scenario. Since um, they work so well together. I don't rule anything out. I mean, I just, you never know. Relationships, situations, persuasions, stuff happens. I certainly, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let me rephrase that. I do rule out Bill O'Brien being the quarterback's coach for yeah. Josh McDaniels. I, mm -hmm. I don't see any way uh, that that's likely. Um, but I do wonder the offense, as Deuce said, Mike Dusso from Patriots.com, does Gerard go off on his own? Does he bring us something new? Mm -hmm. Is there just status quo promotions, uh, retention? Like, I don't rule out Billy O just staying. I def definitely don't rule out Billy O just staying and running the wow. offense. Um, Maybe Mayo feels like because of the the issues they had with personnel yeah. and communications and the co the yep the the strained relations between coach and ownership that O'Brien never got a fair shake. And Gerard may say like, "Hey, listen, I'll get you the tools you need." You just, you know, I'll let you cook because I respect your game. And I would also be very interested um, to know what Gerard Mayo legitimately thinks about the Patriots scheme and Bill O'Brien's coaching. Like he practices against him. He knows the scheme forever, mm -hmm. right? He practiced mm -hmm. against the scheme back in the day. If deep down in places he won't share with us next Wednesday when he takes the podium as a defensive mind, player, middle linebacker and coach, does he think that the Patriot offense is dead or does it just need talent and it can still be a very good offense that would be difficult to defend? Because he's an expert in that area, correct? Mm, supposedly, that's what we're told. Wow. No confidence in Gerard Mayo. Gerard, no, I'm sorry. he is. I'm that's sorry the reason. that's his <clears throat> area of expertise. That's what we're told. That's yeah, a very well, cynical well, approach and response. Uh, I just felt like being flippant on the way to break. Hater. Uh, oh, stop it. Hey, uh, it is next Wednesday, though. I do want to confirm that. Wednesday at noon. Gerard Wednesday. Mayo will speak to Patriot Nation. Boy, there are going to be a lot. Uh, un, unlike Bill Belichick's final and farewell words, there are probably going to be a lot of questions for young Gerard Mayo, all 37 years of age. You know as what? To what? What's going on next? 
he should step to the podium and say, huh, I haven't seen this many cameras since we canned Bill. <laughs> okay, that would be an absolute laugh-out-loud moment. Excellent job, Hart. We'll go to break on that one. 617-779-7937. When we come back, we'll talk about the Seth Wickersham piece. We will put our final thoughts together on Bill Belichick's time with the Patriots. Mayo, Kraft, the infrastructure, and more. Some wild card picks. The next thing you know, it's going to be 3 o'clock, and it's football o'clock here on WEEI.